0: Thank mm-hmm.
1: Welcome to the fifth episode of the Agents of E-Commerce podcast. With my fifth episode, I will now be available and downloadable on Spotify. Yay, us. That's actually pretty cool. And I want to thank everyone for their feedback and their interests. And please reach out to me directly if you have any ideas or would like to be on the podcast at efmiller at gmail.com. So today's podcast, we've got Ted Mann, the founder of SnipSnap and the current CEO of Slice, and we'll be discussing computer vision. Uh, It's actually a really cool subject, and it really showcases what AI as well as other types of machine learning and Mechanical Turk which we will discuss and you will learn about in this podcast is having an impact both for retailers as well as everyone in their daily lives. Uh, The potential is pretty cool. So please enjoy the podcast and I'll be talking to you on the other side. Thanks. All right. Welcome to episode five of the Agents of E-Commerce podcast. Uh, This is a special edition. This is our first TED Talk. I am here with Ted Mann the CEO of Slice and the founder of Snipsnap as well. So say hi, Ted. Hi, Eric. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, Ted and I go way back, actually, to his early days of uh, the incubation period with Dream Adventures for Snipsnap. That's, that's when we first met, I think, and we've sort of been in touch over the years off and on. It's always been good to catch up, and I'm, I'm really excited about what you're doing with Slice today. So the, uh, the topic of DuJour is going to be computer vision, but we're going to cover a lot of different aspects of that uh, on the business side of the technology side. Uh, Ted's really done some interesting things in this space and and sort of grown with it in in a lot of ways as the technology is sort of caught up with the vision you guys have had. So I think maybe we could start with, you know, your background, how you got sort of in where you are now.
0: Sure, yeah. Well, so when we first met, um, uh, when I was incubating the idea for SnapSnap, Snap. um, I, uh, you know, prior to that, I I was a writer and editor. So I worked in the newspaper industry for many years. And uh, one of the areas that I was working on the newspaper industry um, in my sort of uh, uh, last few years before I I ultimately quit my job to found a startup was uh, uh, coupons. And um, I'd been um, noodling on this professionally, but also personally, like I have young kids and Anybody who has had young kids knows you you begin shopping in retail in a a totally new way. And and, and if if your wife is anything like mine, you start getting yelled at for not using coupons. And I wanted a way to be able to to save the coupons um, and not forget them. And so what I started doing was photographing them with my smartphone and saving them to originally did the camera roll, um, which was a, a good solution to that problem, and I all of a sudden turned into a half-decent couponer um, and had the coupons on me at the store. Um, but one of the one of the challenges I had was that I couldn't, you know, I, when I started doing this at, at some degree of scale, I couldn't easily find the coupons, I couldn't remember what I had, and I realized to do that really intelligently, you would need to actually scan the text within the coupons. You need to make the coupons essentially the, uh, searchable. Um, and that's sort of what led me into the, uh, the image recognition space and be- began to do my first work um, trying to figure out how could you actually take a photograph of a coupon and turn it into structured data um, so that you could more easily search and access and do that. Um, so the, the SnipSnap app that we ultimately built, um, what was really cool about it was it wasn't just a tool for you to save your coupons to your smartphone but it was also a way to be able to turn those coupons into structured data and share them with millions of other couponers. Um, and so we, we, we built an app that, that did that really elegantly and um, grew very quickly to about 6 million active users um, and uh, something like a, a billion coupons ultimately over the course of the last uh, six or seven years have been, have been submitted and shared through the app.
1: Yeah, and as a gratuitous plug, I'm a power user. I've been for a long time. I'm one of those coupon guys that, that cuts the grocery store coupons out. I'm the guy that every time I step into a retail establishment, and I suggest if you're ever interested, download SnipSnap before you go into uh, uh, wherever. Uh, I don't want to put any retailers out there, but I definitely check to see if there's a coupon, and I always leverage it, and you can sort of send it to your friends as well. So it's Yeah. Been a, it's been well, a you re- can
0: plug the retailers. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, like, like the Bed, Bath & Beyond coupon was, was yep. I think – I feel I think it was actually the baby stores first. So yeah. like Bye Bye Baby and Babies Are Us, you know, may they rest in peace. Uh, like those are the stores that I was having the, the biggest problem with at the time. Yeah. And uh, and and indeed, when we started to see people actively using, we started to see the, the user-generated coupon content coming into the app. Um, there were just a ton of stores like that. And those yeah. actually ended up being our first customers. Those ended up being the first retailers that actually – um, paid us to promote their coupons and kind of rise them to the front page of the app and make sure that they were they were always seen by, by consumers.
1: Yeah, definitely. Bed Bath is just a beast. You know, they built their whole business on this twenty yeah. percent deal, and now they're finally elevating it. Sort of the
0: Amazon they call it, Prime. They call it, Well, they, they they used to call it Big Blue. Right? Oh, but, you yeah. know, the Big Blue coupon. That's right. Unfortunately, it's oh, yeah. Big Blue
1: yeah we and they, they did a brilliant thing this year, just a sidebar. Um, my son uh, was going to college, and they had this great program for kids going to college whereby you could shop your local home store and then they would have everything that you ordered and bought ready to go uh, at, at your you know college store, so you could just pick it up with your car and drive it to the dorm. It was oh just, very cool, uh, super smart program that was very we
0: should, as we get to talking about some of the other stuff later <laughs> yeah. uh with slice and all we should come back and talk about some of the stuff bad bath and beyond's done there too. that'd be really kind of neat awesome
1: so yeah so so snip snap was sort of how we met and i think you know when i look at snip snap and and what you realized about the coupons have consistent sort of metadata representation of information that you could make a consistent platform around um, i think that's you know, this is before sort of AI was a term or computer imaging was a term. It was just you were solving a problem. Right. And um, you found a, a way to do it and leverage and ultimately was fairly creative because, you know, sort of there's a continuum of how you built the platform based on what technology you had available to where it is now, I assume, is very different than than where you were originally.
0: Yeah, I mean, what what, what I think we learned with SnipSnap was that to do this this, this type of image recognition really well, it wasn't sufficient enough to just do one specific image recognition technique. I like think one of the big lessons that we took from that, from a, you know, just, you know, from the AI, you know, lens mm-hmm. was the, the, or the, or the computer vision lens was that you, to, to do coupon scanning really well, you needed to marry together multiple image recognition mm-hmm. techniques. So you needed to be able to do barcode scanning really well, really reliably um which you know might sound trivial it might sound like barcode scanning on well, it's easy mm-hmm. but uh, you know to do it the way we were doing it was actually pretty challenging we also needed to do um lo- like logo recognition um you know to be able to do that um, we also needed to be able to um, extract text really reliably so like using uh, we used optical character recognition as the principal technique for that um and, you know, and the truth is like doing all of these things individually is hard. <laughs> doing all yeah. of them in concert is even harder. Yeah. And, um and for an early stage startup, you don't have years and years and years to perfect your R and D. You have to do things, you know, you have to have it work in a month too. So you have enough time to kind of, you know, beta test or alpha test with, with, with consumers. So we, um I mean, without going too deep on, on, on what we did at SnipSnap, we, we just chipped away at, mm-hmm. the, at, at at doing each of those things, and in those areas where we weren't able to build the the, the 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 automation or the computer vision technique and get fully realize the the solution that we always wanted, we we had kind of a a very simple but worked great sort of fallback, which was we we used a human in the loop, um, we used a we we used Mechanical Turk. Um, when we couldn't automatically extract the text or when we couldn't automatically extract these other features. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, What's Mechanical Turk for
1: those of us that don't know what that is? So
0: Mechanical Turk is a service that was started by Amazon, um, and everybody knows about Amazon's web hosting and some of the other things they offer. Um, But Mechanical Turk is actually a very big operation where if you have something that you need automated – that technology for whatever reason can't fully automate basically you can send it to crowdsource it to people to do the work for you so that could be moderating images you know like like uh sites like twitter and instagram use mechanical turk to make sure that like porn images don't get on their site you know so they have People actually lay eyes on every image that gets submitted. Bummer. I'm sorry. Um, Go ahead. <laughs> yes, yeah, right. Um, and, you know, in, in the case of SnipSnap, when we were scanning coupons, if we couldn't automatically extract enough structured data from the text and from the images, we would just send it to a person who would literally transcribe the coupon. And, uh, you know, that wasn't ever the, um, the that wasn't sort of the end all be all. And, and it wasn't even something that we needed to do for every coupon. But having that as a, as a as a way to ensure that we could with every single offer be sure that we could get a coupon out of it, get mm-hmm. structured data out of it, it was a great kind of way for us to to bridge the gap, bridge yeah. the technology gap.
1: I always saw that as a very elegant, elegant sort of pragmatic approach to to getting to market quickly with a product that works.
0: Yeah, and it was it proved to be very scalable. Like we remember when we were raising money and stuff, there was always a big question from the VCs, like, "How scalable is this going to be? Is this going to you know end up costing you a fortune?" It ended up being Scaled with us, um, you know, for years, for like five years, we were using Mechanical Turk. Wow. Um, and uh, ultimately, we were able to move to the point where we didn't need it anymore. But it, it was never a big line item on our expenses. Um, and it and it was a just, you know, I don't think there would be a stim stop if if we hadn't gone that way.
1: Cool. Yeah. Very interesting. Um, so let's let's look at the transition then to Slice because yeah. that's where you are now, and I think it's also a really a big leap. I think in in uh, from a technology standpoint, what you're doing in helping retailers leverage what are, the camera on a phone, essentially, right. to, to create better customer engagement and help them find products. So if you want to talk about that, would be great.
0: Yeah, so Slice, is the company that I run now, is a, a company that specializes in a breed of, of image recognition that we call Visual Product Search, um, which at its most basic level is identifying products within photographs. So, being able to take a take an image, um, typically an image that somebody submitted via their smartphone camera, and say, okay, this in this photograph, I see a Louis Vuitton handbag, or we see a, a Nike, you know, uh, Air Jordan sneaker, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, and we've become very good at that. So, we've we've trained our system to be able to identify just about every type of retail product there is. And we now power um, the the camera mode in more than sixty major retailers' applications and websites. Um, so brands like Home Depot and Macy's and Tommy Hilfiger all use us to to power the image recognition and the, and the visual search experience in mm-hmm. their in their apps.
1: And so when when um, when you made this jump right sure i mentioned sort of how, how that transition happened so you're you're running snipsnap and then you call somebody somebody calls you and this sort of this opportunity comes your way how, how did that happen
0: so slice at the time that slice acquired snipsnap mm-hmm. um, and at the time that that happened we were we, we were contemplating what's next for snipsnap are we going to grow into becoming a large enterprise coupon platform? Are we going to be doing like loyalty couponing or some stuff like that? Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, one of the kind of the, um, I mean, we had a lot of coupon companies try to buy us. Um, but one of the other options that, that emerged was this, this kind of, uh, not that well-known Canadian startup slice that was doing, uh, image recognition as a business. Right. And I, I mentioned, like, you know, that was a part of what we did at up a, a critical part. Mm-hmm. Um, but not, I don't think most people thought of us as a image recognition company. They thought of us as a coupon company. Um, but I, I think it's safe to say that everybody on my team, our engineering team, our product team, was really excited about the idea of, of, of doing more there and doing better. And we, we ultimately felt like, you know, while there was, a, we had a great business in coupons and there was a lot of opportunity still doing visual search and image recognition was just such a bigger opportunity. It's such a, such a transformative technology that could really change the way people shop and, and search, uh, especially on mobile. And so we just, we looked at it and we said, you know, we got an offer from Slice that was very compelling. And, we, we, and they needed expertise in how to build consumer experiences, how to do some of the, the image recognition techniques that they hadn't yet figured out that we knew really well. And how to, how to build all this inside of a mobile, like to basically build a mobile SDK um, or software development kit that would make this really easy for retailers. And we decided like, you know, that's just a much more exciting way for us to spend the next five years of our lives Mm -hmm. or or longer. (laughs) Um, And, uh, and so we decided to, to, to join up with slice and then we ultimately sold to the company and one thing led to another. And I became the, the CEO of the business. Awesome.
1: Yeah, so so now within Slice, you know, you've got a, a nice stable of customers that are leveraging the platform. Um, I, I'm interested in the ones that sort of have adopted it, and and also from what I what we discussed previously, that they're pushing you, right? They're they're really trying to take advantage of of the camera of of this new mode of engagement with their customers to help guide their shopping experience, to help make it easier for them to either find the products they're looking for or explore entirely new products. And those are two very specific use cases, right? That are different. And yeah. um, I'm interested in sort of how retailers now see this tool and are, are adopting it to their own purposes.
0: Yeah. I mean, so in the early days of slice, we, we had kind of like one use case, um, which was, we, we kind of re- started to refer to it as snap to buy, take a picture of something, identify it. Buy it. Um, and, you know, and this is, this is not, unique to us. Like there were other companies like Amazon had come out with a, um, a, a mobile phone that had a visual search camera, um, baked into it. It was a actually one of the big selling points of the phone. Um, the phone ultimately flopped. <laughs> so it wasn't a huge success, but, but there, you know, I think most, most folks that were coming into the visual search space were simply like trying to answer the question of, can we identify the product? Can we take you to a page where you can buy it? Um, And so early adopters of slice like Neiman Marcus or JCPenney, that was the dominant use case. What we've seen over the last few years, and we now have a lot of additional retailers and we've done a lot more is that that is just one of many different compelling retail use cases. And the truth is like, as long as you can identify the product, there's a lot of cool things you can do with that insight. Um, So, I'm to so, yeah, give you a couple examples. Sure. So Home Depot. So um, if, if at the Home Depot, you 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 know you download the Home Depot app and you go into one of their stores, um, if you ever bring in a, a – if you ever gone to like Home Depot and needed to get like a replacement part or, you know, oh, yeah. thing. And so often like the, the thing that you bring in, it's like you don't exactly know what it is. It's like I got this Who's He What's It? Where do I get another one? Um, or I need five more of these. Um, and so you're kind of like just walking around the store aimlessly. I mean, I can't tell you how many hours I spent just like wandering the aisles of home people yeah, trying buying to find stuff. buying stuff you don't need. Yeah, that, yeah. that's a trap. <laughs> um, and you go to a store associates, and you're like, hey, what's this? And, and you know, I feel like you know, more and more these days, like store associates are like, I don't know, like maybe something in aisle five. Um, so, but, but actually what, if, if you're with the store associate, who's aware of like how to use the Home Depot app, what you'll see now is they'll actually go, they'll, they'll, they'll launch the app and they'll take a picture of it and they'll use our visual search and it will say, oh, that's a five eighths inch flexible coupling. You find that on aisle five, bin 6 mm-hmm. And, and they can literally like in the app they actually even have like a map so they can even like just give you turn by turn directions wow. right to where it is and so, even where, where the bin is
1: so the app, does the app know it's in a particular store uh, based on geofencing or is it just sort of there's a the layout so if you're
0: in the, the way the app works and yeah. go, we don't do the we don't do the geolocation stuff that's mm-hmm. that's Home Depot yeah, but uh, but if you're in a store, it'll know which store you're in and it will automatically have the map of the store and even mm-hmm. the planogram. Oh, awesome. It's really cool. But the idea of being able to sort of take a picture of the product and immediately identify it and identify it in many cases down to the skew level. is really powerful. Yep. So in Home Depot's case, it's not so much a stuff to buy. Like people aren't buying when they're doing that; They're just finding the products and they're going, picking it off the shelf. And I mean, they're not buying it, buying it through the mobile app. Yep. They're buying it. You know, usually at the checkout. Um, I mentioned before when we were talking about Bed Bath and your, your, your son going away to college, yep. one of the big use cases there is uh, building uh, lists like registry lists. Now, I oftentimes talk to people about how Bed Bath and Beyond is in a lot of traction with people using visual search to build their wedding registries, mm-hmm. but a lot of it's also college like wish lists. Right. So you can build your college wish list. And what we found when when Bed Bath first implemented slices. Um, It was actually similar to Home Depot where people weren't converting in the mobile app. They weren't buying through the mobile app, which at first seemed like, well, that's terrible. Like, that's what we want. But what they realized was that they weren't checking out. Instead, they were adding things to the registry. So they were using Visual Search as kind of like a list building tool. And We've seen that now in the grocery space where grocery retailers are using Visual Search to build shopping lists, Hmm. um, Scan and Go, things like that. Um, so those are, you know, those are a handful of different examples I can probably go on all day, but
1: yeah, no, I think that I, and I think it's great. I think, you know, sort of once, once you start going down that path of what can we do with this camera on my phone, that's going to help engage. It's going to help sell. It's going to help explore. Uh, it really opens the door because I could see a lot of different use cases down the line, concierge services. I can see B2B opportunity, as you mentioned, because, so much of those tools, products are difficult for folks on the, on the uh, site visit trying to come to a uh, elevator repairman and he sees something and like, what the heck is this? You know?
0: Right, right, right. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's taken out a lot of the, the friction in that process, and especially in mobile, making it really fast. Yeah. Right, so you see a lot, like to your point about concierge, like you see a lot in stores now, like, like uh, we work with um, American Eagle Outfitters, which uses visual search not just to identify the products, but also to make recommendations about what outfit to get with it. So mm-hmm. sort of complete the look. So that, that shirt looks really cool here. Let me show you all the other things that would go with it. Let me show you how to build a, build a cool look out of it.
1: Gotcha. And does that include color as well? So you guys also recognize color and that's yeah. part of it. Yeah. Cause I would think like lighting would be a challenge sometimes with some of these devices, but I guess the camera is so good now.
0: It, 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 it is, mm-hmm. you know, definitely like lighting can, can, can factor in and, you know, under the right circumstances, like, yeah. Lighting can make a red product look black, but um, you know, as long as as long as the thing is reasonably well lit, and as long as you got a reasonably good photo, um, we we can identify. We can identify the color, we can identify the pattern, the style, the, the the product itself, the category, the the logos. You know, we have a, a lot of pre-built. We call them classifiers that can identify specific features.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And so, so as we look more broadly now at, at sort of where the industry is going, I think one of the things I think about is, is who's going to own that camera, right? A lot of devices are currently leveraging the camera in unique ways. Now, we have we have Snapchat, we have Instagram, you know, Facebook all have big photographic components yeah, of, their, sure. of their business. What they're doing with those pictures, what they're doing with those data, that data, how are they leveraging that to create different experiences, sell, engage, I think that's an interesting place to look
0: I'll, I'll put it to you. Who do you think, of, of, of some of those folks you just mentioned, uh, or of the big technology companies, who do you think has done the best job of creating something really interesting and valuable out of the photographs that they have access to? Hmm.
1: That's a loaded question. I think, you know, for me, I, I, I assume that Facebook is using those images, Uh, and the people and the products and the engagement the things I do to tailor experiences advertising to me I I have a sense they're doing it well I mean well you know Uh, for
0: sure Facebook's doing it with with, uh, faces right yes definitely because you tag enough pictures of yourself or other people tag enough pictures of uh, you it it starts to predict and it starts to say this is you know you upload a photo and it just knows it's Eric in the photo or Mm -hmm. Ted or whoever um so they've they've clearly built the best, uh, I mean, bar none, the best uh, face recognition classifier or detector model, really, is what I would call it. Yeah. Because um, it can detect multiple faces. Um, they built the best version of that ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if your question is sort of who's going to win in that space, I think the best way to answer it is sort of who... Is really good at generating user-generated photography and getting and getting that, that those those images to be you know turned into effectively training data for the model. Right, um, and they did they had a brilliant way of doing that because they encouraged people to tag people. And to draw little boxes around people's faces. Mm I mean, they've come up with a way now where you don't even—it's not even that hard. Like it's just sort of like, is this you? Yes, no. But you you know, in the early days of crawl, there was a little bit more manual effort involved than that to kind of prime the pump. Yeah,
1: but training Um, the model is is an interesting way to think about what we all are. We're all training that model
0: now. Facebook doesn't, as far as I know, doesn't yet do that for products. Like nobody's going into Facebook and looking at every photograph and saying oh, these are the shoes that I bought at, you know, Kohl's, or this mm-hmm. is the shirt that I bought at Ann Taylor. Like, uh, I, I could be wrong, but I don't think anybody's doing that yet yeah. in their platform. Um, so, you know, I think that, you know, to some degree when it comes to visual product search or product recognition, it's still, like, there's, you know, there's still a lot of opportunity mm-hmm. um, to do that well. Most of the companies that are doing it um, right now, like outside of Slice, of course, I'll talk about some of the other industry players like sure. Pinterest, Google, um, Samsung, um, they're all you know, acquiring training data through whatever platforms they have available. So um, in the case of Pinterest, it's the, the Pinterest image corpus, right? So they're looking at all the images that have been submitted, all the metadata those images have, all the if people have actually done manual tagging of any of those, they're, and they're using that as the training data to train their visual search system, and it's 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 pretty good. Um, it's not great for being able to shop products. It's mm-hmm. good for Share. recognizing visually similar products. Um, you know, in the case of in the case of Google, it's using the Google sort of like image corpus. Um, but I I personally think that. If, if I had to bet amongst some of those players, I'd bet on somebody like Samsung, who's actually baking visual search in to their operating system camera, to the, to the actual camera app, mm-hmm. because that's gonna enable them to gather true user-generated imagery and be able to use that to, to make the system smarter and better. Um, you know, Pinterest is, is doing this to a degree. They have a camera mode in the Pinterest app um as well but i think whoever whoever going to be whoever's going to win in this space is going to be the one that figures out how to how to own the camera yeah
1: and i think that that the marriage of the hardware and the software gives some of the device makers Ooh. an advantage if they if they see the opportunity right. to do it
0: yeah i mean like if apple decided to get into this yep. well no doubt apple would just probably pretty quickly crush everyone i mean it'd okay. be like you know in the same way that siri did the you know immediately came to dominate the voice search market or at least became one of the major players in that yeah
1: Um, talking about hardware i think that's gets us to a couple a a transition here you know you mentioned apple we were talking earlier about um i think you know google glass was an example of a hardware camera presentation device that had a lot of interesting things didn't really take off in the marketplace but it's still around and and it's being leveraged for some very interesting use cases in in sort of helping kids who are autistic recognize um, emotions in others, uh, allowing the the image recognition to help that. You mentioned Apple is getting into that game as well. Another example of sort of how Apple realizing it, having the hardware and the camera and the presentation model gives another interesting play.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And when it comes to like wearables, like Google glass, um, which, you know, I, I, you know, I think probably the, the, there's still a big opportunity there to, to do something really exciting and to take image recognition, visual search and bring it into those types of devices. Um, the, I, I don't necessarily subscribe to the, the notion that you have to have um, like a heads up display in the glasses themselves mm-hmm. for it to be really exciting. I think as long as you have a camera in the device alone, yeah. that's really interesting. Right, so so like of the the latest generation of these these you know these wearables, like I think the Snapchat spectacles have a lot of opportunity. Yeah, because they're they're really well made devices, and ne- they, they, Snapchat's finally kind of reached the point now where they realize like these these don't need to necessarily just be images that go into the Snapchat app. Like I don't know if you're familiar with this, but like Snapchat's like mm-hmm. the latest generation of Snapchat spectacles, like you can actually sync your photos to your camera library. So you can take a picture and immediately just adds that photo or video right to oh, your camera library. Gotcha, you so nice. it's like, it's like you've got another kind of like, kind of like te- uh, untethered camera, mm-hmm. um, which is cool. And if you start to say, okay, well, what if you could do image recognition on that? What if you could, what if you could do it like Facebook does and like recognize the, the, the faces in those pictures? Like that's kind of cool. And what if you could recognize the products in those, the photos that you've taken, that's kind of neat too. So I think um, uh, when it comes to like wearables like that, whether it's the, you know, if, if Google does another version of Google glass or, or Snapchat continues to iterate on their product or magic leap, I think, um, I think figuring out how to get really great quality photos from those devices and, recognize products hook them up to these these image recognition classifiers i think there's going to be some really cool experiences that you can build off that mm-hmm. and i think it will it'll fast become that visual search isn't just something you do on your smartphone but it's something that you can that can be um, that can be done really with any kind of connected camera um, not even necessarily one in a mobile form factor right yeah.
1: so what else is exciting you that you're seeing out there sort of in in the industry as we look more broadly
0: um or piggybacking on that last idea. I mean, I think the idea of having connected cameras in other places is, is, is starting to catch um, fire a little bit. So you've got um, Amazon has recently, um, everyone knows all the, the sort of like the, the echo uh, devices, echo show and uh, the, the echo dot. Right. Um, not as many people have heard about the echo look, which is a newer device that they came out with. Um, they were sort of beta testing for a while and now it's gone to wide release and this is one that, that, that is designed to primarily to take photographs it Has a speaker and a microphone in it as well. But, um, but the idea is you put this in your, in your bedroom or your, or your closet, if you're so bold and it will take photos of what your, uh, of your outfits. And it, it's kind of, I mean, I, I have one of these, I admit the user experience is still a little, a little weird. Um, but it'll like tell me in the morning if the outfit that I'm wearing is coordinated. Um, like and it looks good. yeah <laughs> and, it, and presumably it's going to start to recommend like actually you should wear those pants instead of those shorts, or you should try wearing something a little darker because it would look better with your clothes oh. yeah, so um it's 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 the way it's doing this right now, ironically enough is uh, as I understand it, is actually not all pure AI it's like they're actually using people. Oh, yeah. the, when we're talking about mechanical torque. I don't know if it's mechanical torque, but it's some kind of human intervention kind of like the a, a way I described before, sort of priming the pump, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and giving them the initial training data to kind of get that, that going. Um, but I think that that's a really interesting device. Um, the echo show is one of the devices we have one in our kitchen. Um, and that also has a camera in it and they primarily market the camera as a tool for doing like, like kind of real time chat, like a FaceTime for, you know, for for Echo. But there's other things you can do with a camera, right? You can hold a product up and say, reorder me, you know, these Cheerios or, um, you know, what is this? And it will, and it will tell you. Um, So I think, um, I think Amazon's doing some really interesting stuff there with the sort of connected camera. I think a lot of retailers are also looking to say, what else can we do? in our stores, like, can we put connected cameras into mirrors? Can we put them into kiosks in the aisle? Um, so I think you're gonna see, see a lot more of, of those types of experiences as well. So again, I don't think visual search um, is, is forever gonna be something that you do just in a mobile device, but I think it will start to be something you do anywhere there's a camera.
1: Awesome, wow, lot to think about there. Little creepy. But that's always good. I like to be a little bit creeped out by things because all that really cool
0: technology is a little creepy at first. That's where the <laughs> I think that's
1: where the potential is because there's so many things that we now look at and just are okay with. We were probably remember when out. remember when Amazon
0: first came out with the voice recognition, the, the Alexa. Huh? Everyone's like, oh my god, this is so creepy. It's li- listening to me all the time, isn't it? Uh, I mean, I still think about that from time to time, but most of the time I'm like, oh, it's just cool. I can, anytime I want to like, you know, turn on the music or turn on the lights. Yep. Just hey, Alexa.
1: The, the trade-off, the utility, the value, it starts to tip Yeah. Yeah. And, and as we become lazier as well. Well, awesome. So, Ted, th- this has been great. Um, is there anything else you, you want to sort of share with the, the audience before we sign off?
0: Um, well, if you're looking for more information on what we do at Slice, our website is slice.it, um, Slice it. Uh, and, you know, please check out some of the retailers that we work with. I mentioned a few like Home Depot and Macy's and, Bed, Bath & Beyond are great great apps, uh, and you can try the, the camera search function in them.
1: Awesome. Thanks a lot, Ted. And I'll put a couple of links in the uh, the comments as well, so you guys can directly get to those. Thanks a lot. Thanks. Thank you, everyone, for listening in. And thanks as well to Ted Mann and the folks at slice.it. That's S-L-Y-C-E dot I-T. Definitely check out the site. Some of the things they've done for retailers is pretty cool. And just want to thank everyone again for listening, and I'll be back in with a new podcast in a couple weeks. Otherwise, please reach out at efmiller at gmail.com, and I'll be talking to you soon.